The opinions expressed on this show are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily represent those of Funeral Radio's management or sponsors. Welcome to A Good Goodbye with certified thanatologist Gail Rubin. She says talking about sex won't make you pregnant. Talking about funerals won't make you dead. Brought to you by Funeral Radio. And now your host, Gail Rubin. According to the American Cancer Society, one in three people run the risk of developing cancer in their lifetime. Hearing the news that you have cancer really puts you in touch with your mortality. I know. I've been there. And so has our guest today, Gail O'Brien, author of Transformation, Creating an Exceptional Life in the Face of Cancer. Welcome to A Good Goodbye, Gail. Oh, thank you for having me. It's it's great to have you on the show. So tell me, what was your cancer experience? Well, I'm actually a, a 22-year cancer survivor. So my cancer journey began with skin cancer uh, when I was 31. And it was just a simple basal cell carcinoma. And I did not think much about it. And so they went ahead and, and uh, did a minor surgery and removed it. And I carried on. But I had two more incidences of skin cancer in my 40s uh, on my face and on um, bo- both of them were on my face, as a matter of fact. And I had to have a more extensive surgery called Mohs surgery, mm-hmm. uh, which is a reconstruction surgery so that you don't end up with large scars on your face. And so they ended up doing a beautiful job and all was well. And I carried on once again. So it wasn't until I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 51 that I really, really took a pause. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, what is the deal? (laughs) Why do I keep getting these diagnoses? You know, I, I, I felt that I was a good person. Not that cancer only happens to bad people, but I thought in my mind that I was a healthy person living a good life and I could not understand where this was all coming from, because there was no family history. And so I decided to do a lot of um, inward looking for the first time in my life and, and, and try to determine what was causing it all. So, so how did this change your life? You started looking within, and, and what did you start doing differently? Well, I began to work with a life coach, mm-hmm. and um, I had gone through a divorce and some other traumatic things in my life. And um, after, uh, it took about a year to really, really unlock a lot of um, what you might call emotional repression. And that's, the, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with that. That's the stuffing of our feelings and our thoughts deep within us. And I had been doing that for decades. And um, so for me, it was uh, basically learning how to unlock that. And when I gave myself permission to be emotionally free, it actually cleared up a lot of fear and anxiety that had been driving my life. Mm -hmm. And so because we talk about funeral planning on a good goodbye, how did coming in touch with your mortality with this cancer diagnosis, how did, did that change your views on mortality? It definitely did. Uh, Before I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I never really gave much thought to my own death. I I had certainly been to other funerals, and I had uh, seen uh, people go through the the phase of dying and 
my own mother. I watched her go through cancer, and she had a different form of cancer than I did. And I watched her um, waste away and pass. But I, it just never dawned on me that, that one day I would actually be dealing with this question. And I got to a phase in my, my cancer treatment where I was very, very, um, um, how should we say, wasted away. And, um, and I, I was bald and many other things were going on. And it, I realized that I could go either way with this. You know, it, I, that there was a very strong possibility that I might not make it. And um, so I really got scared. I was just like, I'm so not ready to leave. You know, I'm only 51. I feel unfinished. You know, there's things I still want to accomplish. And uh, I also had a fear of what would happen to my children. Even though they're adult children, I was fearful that how would they make it in the world without me, you know. And uh, so I, I began to do a little research on the process of dying. And, and, and um, I realized that we can die peacefully. It does not have to be a violent death. And um, so after I began to read some passages on the process that the body goes through in dying, mm -hmm. I, I, um, and I also spoke to my dad about this issue of dying. He's in his late 70s. And I had a conversation with him um, while I was in treatment and I asked him, I said, why were we created to die? I just don't understand why do we have to die? You know, why did God not create us to continue to live, 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 live? And he said, well, Gail, you have to know that dying is part of the life cycle. You know, we, we have a life. We go through all the phases of our life. But we were not created to live on for centuries and centuries in the same body <laughs> in the same body he says if we did then the world would be very crowded and so after i had that conversation with him i thought you know he's right he's absolutely right and that was the first time that i began to accept my own death and it wasn't that i was going to die from cancer i could die from anything you know, I could die from a heart attack, a car accident. Nobody knows how they're going to go. Which is but part of now, the anxiety-producing thing about totally, death. <laughs> you know, so, so once I realized that if I can just accept the fact that I'm going to die and you're going to die and everyone's going to die, I'm not being singled out. We are all going to die. Once I got to that place, it was like such a peaceful feeling that came over me. It kind of released me to go on to live. Interesting. So, uh, you know, I had breast cancer at age 50. And fortunately for me, it was caught very early and treated with surgery and radiation. But it sounds like yours, you probably had to go through chemotherapy. Yes, unfortunately, uh, although my tumor was um, one centimeter, which is considered small, um, when they got in there, they also uh, removed a few lymph nodes, and one of the lymph nodes came back positive. Mm. So if even one lymph node comes back, that's your ticket to chemotherapy. Mm. And um, so I was, a, I, I was very anxious about chemotherapy because I had watched my mother go through chemotherapy in the, in the 90s. And things are different now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot more gentler, and uh, they have medication to help with the nausea, and the um, other side effects. 
And so I, I bravely went through that for five months. And um, I'm glad now that I did it. I'm glad that I did, even though it does affect every part of your healthy cells, too. I mean, you, you go through a complete metamorphosis. Uh, what came back was beautiful. I have thick, lustrous hair. My nails are in the best shape they've ever been in. My skin is beautiful. So it's kind of like a washing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So what do you think makes people avoid discussing their own mortality? Fear. It was my number one fear in life was the fear of dying and mostly the fear of of not being able to experience my children's lives and possibly my grandchildren's life. I haven't had grandkids yet, but I'm totally tickled thinking about the prospect of them coming someday. And so I think that most people do not want to discuss it because if they do, it, they feel that it will bring them one step closer. If I talk about it, it's going to happen sooner. It's going to happen. It's going to happen tomorrow. So, so therefore, let's just shove it underneath the carpet and pretend like it's not going to happen. And let's just get on with life. <laughs> But but then we leave our, our loved ones in a heap of trouble when we check out and we haven't made any arrangements and we leave all these loose ends. And really the, the, the point about living and living fully, I think you might agree, is, is to get the most out of every day and, and not be afraid. Absolutely. I think it also plays into the concept of victim versus responsibility. Mm-hmm. So when we are diagnosed with cancer, and we actually hear our doctor say the words, you have cancer, those three little words, we, our first feeling is that of the victim. How could this have happened to me? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so we, we, we initially walk around with that feeling of this terrible thing has happened to us. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know? And it's not until we start taking responsibility for our health, which is what we should be doing all along, that we can actually uh, move that forward into taking responsibility for our whole life and what we do with our life while we're here. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that uh, when we come back from this short break. Find a final resting vessel for your loved one or beloved pet at artisurn.com. We offer handcrafted one-of-a-kind urns jewelry and keepsakes our memorial chronicles blog has grief and loss resources that you may find helpful visit us at artisurn.com that's a-r-t-i-s-u-r-n.com and honor your loved one or beloved pet to learn more about advertising on funeral radio please email advertising at funeralradio.com this is cindy neely spence your host for make ceremony matter more On this program, I talk shop with Life Cycle celebrants about their experiences creating unique ceremonies. Our show demonstrates how end-of-life ceremonies can be different. It highlights unique approaches to meeting what many funeral industry clients are seeking. Please join us to learn how to make ceremony matter more for your clients, only on Funeral Radio. Welcome back. We're continuing our conversation with Gail O'Brien author of Transformation, Creating an Exceptional Life in the Face of Cancer. So, Gail, when did you write this book? I wrote the book while I was in treatment. I um, was, I went through, 
Believe it or not, I was diagnosed during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Oh, great. <laughs> yes. So I'll never forget my anniversary, you know. And uh, so after my initial surgery, which was a lumpectomy, my, my chemotherapy began in December. So I went through five months of chemotherapy during winter. And I live up in the, up in the mountains where the snow level is much higher. And uh, so uh, many, many days I spent inside cooped up because my white blood cell count was so low that I couldn't go out in public. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's when I thought, hmm, because I'm a very productive person, you know, and I thought, what can I do with myself while I'm stuck inside? And so I began journaling my whole experience as it was happening to me. And I thought, um, you know, I've never read a cancer book where people are actually talking about cancer as it's happening. You know, it's usually a past tense. They write it after. And I thought maybe this kind of a journal or book could help someone. And so I just began journaling every day, every surgery, every treatment, everything related to what was happening. And after um, several months, I realized I had enough journals to maybe assemble a table of contents. And that's when I thought, hmm, maybe we can move this forward into a book. And so so it was kind of a birthing of a book. And what would the reader find within the pages to help them with their own life and considering their fears and, and hopes? Well, sure. My, my book is um, being marketed as um, How to Find Happiness and Healing After Cancer. So it talks about, in the beginning, it talks about my journey, my unexpected journey through cancer. And then it delves into how to set an intention to live. And, and, and how doing that can change the course of your survival. So when we, it's the whole mind-body connection. Mm-hmm. If, we, if we set that intention that we are either going to beat the cancer or we are going to live, then that, your mind will speak to your body. And everything that you do thereafter will be connected to health. It's interesting. I just did a talk called Doctor, How Long Do I Have?, which is how to have a good doctor-patient family conversation when there's a serious diagnosis. Yeah. There's a film with Burt Reynolds called The End, and he is not a good patient. He looks at everything very negatively, and in fact, as soon as he gets the bad news, he's uh, committed to committing suicide, but he's not able to do it by the end of the film. Yeah. That's why it's a comedy. But the idea of a positive attitude is so important as illustrated by that film and by other films uh, that I had used in in that presentation. And it sounds like that's a lot of what you're presenting in your book. I think it goes a step beyond the positive attitude. It really is an intention. It's intentional living. And, uh, and I, I wasn't living intentionally before my breast cancer diagnosis. I was not, I was just, uh, I was so consumed with raising children and working and being married that it was more about just let's get up and do the routine all over again. Okay, that's not intentional living. Intentional living is when you wake up, from the moment you wake up, everything you do is intentional in your day. So now I, I wake up. And I set that intention to live, and, re- and I renew it every day. I renew, I am going to live. 
And then I go downstairs and I intentionally plan what I'm going to feed my body. Not just a shoveling in, which is what I used to do. Mm -hmm. I, I consciously think about assembling a breakfast that actually is going to feed my cells, feed my body. So before I used to live to eat. Now I eat to live. So thinking about what you're choosing. So do you meditate first thing I, in the morning? Yeah, I, I have been in yoga for over three years. And with that comes meditation. Meditation is a beautiful thing, let me tell you. It's a very calming, um, necessary practice. Okay. So back to the idea of our mortality and facing our mortality. Um, have you made your funeral plans? And if so, what do they look like? I have. I have. I, um, I gave some thought to that concept in my 40s uh, when I went through my divorce because I had children. And I got to thinking, what's going to happen to these kiddos if, if anything ever happened to me? And so I started uh, doing uh, estate planning. And I put a will and a trust in place. And after I did that, it was a very satisfying feeling. And I, I, um, I connected with my sister and my father, and I asked them to handle my affairs after. And this was when I was healthy, I was doing this. And, uh, but I tell you, the peace of mind that came out of that was just a, a great thing because I knew that when and if that time came that everything was going to be handled peacefully. Mm-hmm. So will you be buried, cremated, donating your body to science? Well, I, have, uh, I will have my organs donated. I do believe in uh, doing that for scientific research. And then I, I have chosen a burial. So I would like to have a casket and a burial and... And uh, I haven't, my mother was buried in, in Santa Clara, California, and there's space there. So I put in, I would love to be buried with her. Nice. And um, so what message do you have to give to people about living and facing death? Well, <laughs> I really think that like what I said before, that we need to accept that death is part of the life cycle. And, and you do it any way you have to. If you have to go through the five stages of grief to get there, do that. And once we accept that death is part of the normal life cycle, we can then go on to embrace our time here on earth, right? We can remember that we are the driver of our own destiny. And finally, we need to take advantage of every opportunity that comes our way to improve our life. And to bring us closer to living the exceptional life that we were meant to live. Absolutely. So if people want to find out more about you and what you do, uh, what's your website? My website is www.gaelobrien, that's G-A-L-E-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. And there are plenty of resources on my website. And my book is also available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble independent booksellers, and Kindle ebook publishing. Very good. And people can find information and resources also at my website, agoodgoodbye.com. So thanks for listening in today. Gail, thanks for being with us. Uh, interesting conversation. And remember, talking about sex won't make you pregnant. Talking about funerals won't make you dead. 
Start a conversation today.